the point is, and I want to tell you that when we come together, just understand we're all created under one God in one world. We may look different, but you know, diversity just enhances each other. And 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 listen, we're definitely unique. Everyone has their unique approach, but that that's that's what makes the world beautiful. Welcome to the Clear Choices Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eigner. And it is my unique privilege to bring you intriguing conversations with people who have made the bold choices necessary to elevate their lives and create a positive impact on the world. By hearing their stories, I hope you walk away more motivated and more inspired to do the same in your life. Because we all have choices to make. My goal is to help inspire you to make more conscious and powerful choices, clear choices. Now let's get started. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you're a fan of the show, make sure you leave a review, rate the show, and share it on social media. It does a a great deal to help us build our audience. And by the way, if you like some of the guests that you've heard and you have some ideas on others that might be a great fit, please email me directly at rob at robeigner.com. That's R-O-B at R-O-B-A-I-G-N-E-R.com and uh, send me some guest ideas. All right, thanks so much for listening. Hello, Clear Choices listeners. Rob Eigner here with another very interesting guest. I'm so excited to have this person here. Uh, Rabbi Yossi Mintz is someone I've, uh, I've actually met a number of times participating in some of the very important and significant community events that he has put on here in Southern California. A little bit about the rabbi. He's a renowned community leader and spiritual guide, born in Brooklyn, New York, and studied at very prestigious rabbinical colleges there in Brooklyn. Uh, He moved to the South Bay here in Los Angeles with his wife, Sarah, in 1995. And at that time, Uh, He established the Jewish Community Center of the South Bay, which quickly grew into the largest community center of its kind in the area. As the director of that center, he has created a vibrant and powerful force that has reached the entire landscape of diverse cultures in the South Bay of Los Angeles, from providing counseling and financial aid for people in need to teaching leadership and volunteerism for those who are more fortunate to be able to help. Rabbi Yossi uh, has always had a unique place in his heart for children with special needs, leading him to establish the Friendship Foundation, an organization that provides for over a thousand children with special needs and their families while involving the entire community. So welcome, Rabbi. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, Rob. It's an honor to be on Clear Choice. I'm looking forward to spending some time together. So so let's uh, thank you for that. So let's start right away with... Um, you know, a, a choice in your life, what caused you to choose to become a rabbi? So I grew up in, in Brooklyn, New York, even though I'm out here over 25 years. I grew up in a, in a beautiful community known as Crown Heights under the guidance and leadership under the canopy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Uh, he was the foremost leader of world Jewry, but really cared deeply about transforming this world, uh, specifically post-Holocaust. He was a survivor himself. He lost many family members. He escaped on the uh, one of the last uh, boat lines that uh, was able to cross the Atlantic. And the impact and the, the inspiration that he had personally on my life and on thousands of, of, of students and 
people that he had, individuals across the board, Jews, non-Jews, the entire world, was tremendous. So growing up in that environment, I was instilled at a very young age the impact that each one of us have and the responsibility that we're not just here for ourselves. There was a purpose for each one of us in this world and how we can impact this world and make it a better place. And the years we live on this earth, that's not, we do not know. But every day, we must not take it for granted. And the possibilities and the opportunities that you have to infuse this world, to make it a better place, that's something, the choices that you make. And that's what's inspired, that inspired me to go on this path. Well, I, I love that. And I think uh, uh, most people would agree it's more important than ever right now. In my, my lifetime of 56 years, I've never seen a more important time where we take that mindset that you just expressed and uh, infuse it into our culture. So, so that's, a, that's a, a nice segue to some of the really um, impactful things that you're doing in your community. And as I mentioned in the opening, I've, I've participated in some of those activities that you've done. But why don't you describe like some of the things that you're doing for the youth in the South Bay of Los Angeles? Sure. So the first thing we started when we came out to town here is to open up a religious institution, the Chabad Center here in, in the South Bay, in the Manhattan, Hermosa, Redondo Beach communities and the surrounding outlines of the South Bay. When we came down here, it was a very diverse, very secular community, definitely different, a wake-up call, different than Brooklyn, especially different than LA, where my wife comes from. And we started with the traditional services and programs and classes, and we started a, day, a Hebrew school, then a preschool, which flourished today into a day school, which we have over 300 plus kids involved. And uh, from there, around uh, 12, 13 years ago, actually 13 plus, uh, there was a tremendous need and a void that really had an impact, not a personal impact on me, but uh, family-wise, in my own you know, close-knit family, but it was really watching the community and watching the challenges that some parents have with their beautiful children with special needs. And uh, regardless of the background, there was an ongoing you know, challenge that these parents really wanted these children just to fit in and experience friendship, experience childhood, experience really togetherness and unity. And it was very difficult. We take it for granted. You know, we take our kids to a soccer game. We take our kids to a baseball game or just to an outing and a birthday party where friends come over. There were stories that really impacted my life hearing from some of these families. And I decided, let me see what I could do and search around the United States and the world really to see what we could bring into our community, not, not create something new, but take something that exists and bring it right here. And we were lucky enough to travel around and find this unique program in West Bloomfield, Michigan. And we were able to bring it here. We started in Miracosta High School, just a organic kids coming together at lunchtime. The kids don't have friends. Kids don't have, you know, uh, they don't look like you, act like you, talk like you, or really communicate or have the ability, the mental ability to be like you to really come together and really spend time to get to know each other. And two things take place, which really, for me, is, is equally important. Number one, for the special needs community, they lack a sense of friendship, a lack of understanding, a lack of really embracing and being part of just the childhood and growing up. And that gave us that ability to bring kids together. But then it took the, the typical kids and really put them together with the neurotypical kids, and it created a leadership role. Because understandably, in our community, and let's face it, really, for most children, they grow up in an environment that they're really not challenged and not really pushed to any sense of leadership. Everything is spoon-fed to them. And here, all of a sudden, we tell these teenagers or elementary school, really middle school kids and up, 
that you can make a difference in the life of somebody else. You are fortunate to have your, all your abilities. Be grateful, utilize and share, and make those choices to inspire someone else's life to make it better. And what happens through the process, not only you're impacting someone else, it creates a sense of leadership. And I'll share with you one story that really had a very big impact on me personally. When we started this program in the early 2000s, there was a very interesting, there was a Sunday program. And the Sunday program was an organic program. Kids with special needs would get dropped off at a community center here in Manhattan Beach. And teenagers would come and we would mentor, you know, like a friendship, just a buddy program, just spend an hour and a half, two hours together. And we would have different activities and they would really communicate, really look forward to this friendship. And it was a bond that really was very special. All of a sudden, I was standing outside of this community center and a father showed up and said to me, is this the friendship, something you didn't know? I said, yes. I said, can I help you? He says, my kid is here. I said, you know, I'd like to see. I said, please go inside. He came out around 10 minutes later with tears in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, I just want to tell you something. My son woke up this morning. We live one block off the beach. He's 16 years old. And he said, dad, I'm going to spend time with my buddy. I said, who's your buddy? He says, oh, he knows the special needs. You know, he has some challenges and I really enjoy it. I want to spend time with him because it really enhances my life as well. And I said to myself, the father said, my kid is up to something no good. He's going to, the, it's a Sunday, the sun is out. Come on, who is he going to spend time with right now? I said, where are you going? He said to the Jocelyn Center, a community center here in Manhattan Beach. So I decided to follow up and really come down and see it. And when I walked into that room, I saw my teenage son, 16 years old, sitting on the floor, spending time with another child. And I really got to know my son. We're not talking to him, but just watching him for a few moments. I knew something about him that I never knew before. Yeah, that is so powerful. I It reminds me of that saying that, you know, often the, the teacher learns more from the student than the other way around. That, that sounds like the message that you're trying no to No question. And that really inspired us today. We run, and we'll talk about the COVID challenge that we faced starting almost a year ago with this. But we, start, we have right now, uh, we're dealing with, you mentioned a thousand. We have together with the the buddies, the buddy program that we have, you know, bringing kids together. We have over two and a half thousand kids right now enrolled in our program. And on a typical, you know, prior COVID, we were doing around 40 to 50 unique programs from basketball leagues to baseball, soccer. We would go on events, snorkeling. We would do a homework, music, dance, art, just ongoing movie nights, just typically birthday. We started a birthday club. How did we start a birthday club? I'll tell you something very unique. There were buddies that were really friendly with this kid. When they found out it was his birthday, they decided to surprise him and go over to his house with some balloons and just stop off. The next day, the mother called me up of this special needs young adult and said to me something very powerful. He said, you know what? My son, who's 15 years old, never had a friend come over to his house for a birthday party. All of a sudden, these kids showed up and it was so special. So we decided to make a birthday club. So all the kids that birthdays are coming up, we celebrate, we send them a shirt, today is my birthday. We send them an invitation to participate. And it's, what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal from this is, is bringing people together. I could tell you personally that I come up to some of these programs and I watch the kids that are involved and the young adults and the families. There are such a diverse group of people from so many different faiths, from Jews to Catholics, to Muslims, to, to you can name it, to Hindus, all together some wearing a yarmulke, some wearing dressed in their, in their Muslim garb. God bless them. We're all together, coming together for one universal cause, making a difference in the lives of somebody else to make it brighter and better. If we had this mission, if we had this purpose in life, if we instill this in our youth, which we're trying to do, 
we know the world will be a better place tomorrow. Yeah, I, the the event uh, as as you're talking, I remember because it was quite a while ago. The event I participated with was you guys had set up a a mock ice skating rink somewhere maybe by the the pier in Manhattan Beach. Correct. That was the that was the event actually. It's before the fireworks show in the end of December. Sketchers puts on uh, the snow park with sleds with 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 a whole snow area. And it's, it's what we do is the first hour is opened up for the Friendship Foundation. You see, one of our partners that really we were blessed is the Sketchers family, the Greenberg family here in our community really embraced this. Because I want to tell you something very, 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 we all know, and each one of us who are listening to this, whether in our own direct family or you don't have to step out too far, there is someone in your circle who has either a child or a young adult or they themselves that is neurotypical, that is special needs. You know, people ask me all the time, Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, what drove you to do this? Do you have a child with special needs? I always answer, no, I am a special needs. Every human being has special needs. Some are different than others. I click differently than anybody else. So there's no term, don't just summarize one group of people. Every human being has his special needs. And you know what? Embrace your own. You don't give fall to your own embrace the others as well. Yeah, well, you know, you bring up a great point because although, you know, in my immediate circle, I don't have any special needs people, but my wife is a speech pathologist. And so she deals with special needs individuals every day. I'm always amazed, and I've said this before on the show, but I'm always amazed at her her patience because the, the patience it takes to communicate with some of these individuals and you know the and yet the amount of love that she gets back uh, I'm, I'm just always amazed watching that give and take that she facilitates i want to share with you that is that's one thing i'm always touched by by that the, the children and young adults with special needs because there's no bs it's real it's yeah. true yeah. so when they come over to you and tell you i love you or hug you you know it's real and you feel it they're not dressing it up and they'll also tell you, I dislike you or I don't like you. Sure. Because they're non-filtered. There's no, no filter. filter. Exactly. It's, it's straight. But you know what's amazing? When they come over to you and tell you, I love you or thank you, you feel your heart beat a little bit quicker. Yeah, because no. you know how real it is. Have you ever thought about hosting your own podcast? This episode of Clear Choices is brought to you in partnership with Libsyn, powerful podcast hosting the podcast hosting, distribution, and monetization platform since 2004. Use promo code CHOICES and you can get over one month of free services. Go to Lipson.com, promo code CHOICES. Well, I, lo- I love the impact that you've had and, I, and as I said, I've witnessed it. So let, let's transition a little bit because we are, uh, as you said, with COVID and, and many other things going on in the world, it's been a... Uh, an unusual year to say the least. And so I'm curious as a, as a rabbi, you know, how are you viewing, um, I'm going to kind of tear this question, you know, there's, there's an increase, undeniable increase in anti-Semitism. Clearly the, the Black Lives Matter type movement, you know, uh, needs to be addressed in our society. There's significant immigration issues and, and kind of bias towards, uh, you know, those that are different. So, so as a rabbi and a leader, um, h- how are you viewing all those things, anti-Semitism and the Black Lives Matter issues and immigration? How, 
what what can we be doing better or what are you doing so i could tell you my personal perspective but i don't like to get political and it's not based on anything political i'm just going to give you a perspective how i feel that we can make a difference we have to understand the origin if somebody feels that he doesn't have an equal place at the table we cannot discount him or her because we have to understand it and make them feel comfortable so if someone comes and says, listen, I don't feel comfortable here, I can't say that's your problem. That means I have to see something, how I can make them more comfortable. And usually it's a few little things that could be made. So when there's a segment of a community that's crying out to equal, you know, it first started with the Me Too movement. And I, I listen, it, it started by the origin. There were definitely started in Hollywood. There's definitely women deserve and need a place at the table because not only they are equal partners. They have so much to give. I can tell you personally, my success at our center right now, she's hiding behind me, but there's no question that my wife is the driving force here. And women today, and this is a whole change of a movement that is actually, if you study Kabbalah and Hasidus, this whole approach of the world pushing to equality is bringing actually to the world to a much better place in the terms of the Kabbalistic teaching and the book of the prophets. This is the time of redemption. We're coming to the world, even though there's so much division, you know, if you don't identify that you're sick, you can never heal yourself. So you so you view this turmoil that we're all witnessing as part of the healing. I truly believe that, you, you know, you never can heal yourself if you never go to a doctor. But now there are people that take advantage of it. the people that are the vandalism and the people that are running around taking advantage and breaking and destroying. That is not productive. But I share with you, I, I was very heartbroken what took place with BLM and certainly the leadership and this borderline anti-Semitism and BLM. What does Black Lives Matter have to do with, with Israel? Let's be real here. When they start attributing one to the other and start talking about different aspects of, of diverse, of, of that aspect, what happens is to their message, it's, it's diluting their message. I think that we have to focus not just on Black Lives Matter, anyone who doesn't have a place. Well, I, I hear your perspective, Rabbi, but I think it's safe to say that all kinds of organizations have fringe elements. So while that may or may not be true, I don't know, with Black Lives Matters, uh, I think, you know, the same could be said of, you know, religious groups, uh, both, you know, Christian and Jewish, et cetera, Muslim. Uh, I think the same could be said, you know, for countries, you know, Israel and America, you know, there are, there's extremism within everybody. So I think that that certainly doesn't negate the, the main thrust and value of an organization like Black Lives Matters or any other, like we just discussed. You know, you said you're a child of a Holocaust survivor. Right. I, I reflect that. I know when I grew up in my home, we always had the statements, never again, never again, you know, and I want to share with you something very powerful from the teachings of the Rebbe. Right after the Holocaust, there was a big movement that we know Passover is just uh, seven weeks away. There was a big movement right after the Holocaust that we know about the Passover table. We should have an empty chair, an empty chair to reflect that a third of our people were destroyed. So to commemorate and have that empty chair by the table. And this was all Jewish movements to push together that every table around the world should have an empty chair. And they came to the Rebbe and asked the Rebbe, what is his opinion? And the Rebbe said, yes, put an extra chair there, but don't leave it empty. Bring somebody who would not be at the table, invite him into your circle. 
That's how we move forward. Not through having an empty chair. Yeah, I understand commemorating, but utilize it in a way that how we could bring people in that feel on the outside. Yeah. So too, so too, I want to share with you when it comes to BLM and all diversity that don't feel equal part. We as Jews are very sensitive to this because we were pointed out throughout history in this. And I want to share with you when it comes to Blacks and African-Americans, I have the highest respect for them. I really do. A lot of them are tremendous people. But you know what? One thing we cannot do is we cannot utilize it as a ticket, quote unquote, to take advantage of exactly what you're being, quote unquote, saying that you went through and now pointed out by other people. When you have blacks individuals that are BLM come out and now point fingers at another minority, that already tells you that your basis is false. If you want to have true equality and, you know, take away all racism, it has to be completely. You can't all of a sudden say, well, you know, whose fault is the Jews, the Jews, or point out to anybody, whoever you may be. And therefore, I, my cry to this is we have to take it seriously, bring them to the table, hear what they have to say, and invite them in if they feel a void. But I really feel, and I'm just going to say this without going to political stuff, and I think we're afraid to go down to the crux of the real issue. And it's not regarding African-Americans or Latinos. It's across the board. The big divide is not a financial divide. They don't have an equal place at the table because of one big issue, because of education. The education system in our country is messed up. The unions have to be broken. Because I want to tell you, we run our programs right now. We're in right now close to 50 schools. We're in 50 schools prior to COVID. I visited a lot of these schools in the inner city. We run into places. We run our programs, not just in the Manhattan Beach community. We go into Linwood, Lenox, at the Harbor City, Lawndale, Hawthorne. And I want to share with you that the quality of education that these kids are getting is the problem, is the problem. Because I want to tell you very clearly, you know where the real, the, the real divide comes? A kids in Manhattan Beach that go to the public school system here in Hermosa or in certain places in L.A have a far better chance of doing so much better sure. because of the system is broken. And the only way to change it is to allow a voucher program that every mother, because mothers, let me tell you one thing that I saw, and we all know it, the African-American has inspired our world what it means respect for parents. They have tremendous love for their moms, tremendous. And I, I, I see it. And their mothers care so deeply about them and fight for them on every level. Well, and you, and it, you know that that um, that void in education, you, you could almost equate it to the the challenges in the Middle East, right? Like, you know, if you look at the Palestinian community, you know, what they lack the most is services and education, and you know, job opportunities, etc. That that is as much of a problem as some of the the political and religious differences. I agree, but I want to share with you one just one cute, fast story at Hawthorne High School. The president of our club was a Latino kid, great kid, Sean, who became the president of our club. And when I asked him, I said, you're such a good kid. How can I help you with your future? And he says, I really want to get, he was a junior going in as a senior. I really want to go to college. I'll be the first one in my family. And I, I live in a studio apartment with my mom and my older brother. My father is in prison for life. He told me, in, for life in prison. He visits his father every once in a while. His older brother, is in a six-year sentence for armed robbery. And his older brother, he told me, is already involved in gangs. 
And he says, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And he begged me. And I was finally through influence and involving. He had good marks. I encouraged him. He got accepted into UCLA. He's in his second year in UCLA. I'm Fantastic. still in touch with Sean. And Sean, because of the opportunity that he has, that family, the Hernandez family, this specific Hernandez family, Sean Hernandez, big things are coming his way because he has the ability to change the outcome, to bring his children and influence his cousins, his surroundings, what the world could be a better place. And we on the outside, quote unquote, because we're not familiar with that world. We're living in a bubble. Let's not fool ourselves. We're in a bubble. Right. We could influence and really make a difference in the lives of those people. Let's mentor them. Let's help them because that's where we will change and have the greatest impact and really bringing universally all accepted on one table. I appreciate that. So, so let me ask you, so when you, when you talk about the, the, the choices that we can make as individuals, single individuals, myself or you know my wife or my son, and we look at something like, you know, the, the rise in anti-Semitism. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard for me, uh, as someone who, um, you know, is the son of Holocaust survivors, uh, and, and is part of a, you know, let's face it, a minority group, you know, even in Los Angeles, Jews don't make up a massive percentage of the population. And I'm pretty vocal and, and, and proud of my heritage. And yet, you know, there's a, there's a part of me, particularly now with the violence that we're seeing that, you know, I'm nervous, you know, I'm uncomfortable. It's a little scary. And yet I feel like I need to make the choice to do what I'm doing right now on the show as an example. And yet it's scary. So what, what do you say to uh, individuals in terms of the choices they can make to lower the impact or, 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 or change the direction of the anti-Semitic fever that all, we're seeing? I, I could tell you like this is I believe personally that I, I agree there is a rise, but I think the media is building this up more than it is because it was politically pushed. We saw this when Trump was first elected. Uh, if you recall, the the all the phone calls that were coming in and the, and the threats to all the Jewish community centers around the United States, when they finally apprehended that individual, his whole goal was a democratic individual, not going political. We must know where this came from. And the news media shut it out. It was an agenda-driven nut that happened to be Jewish, by the way, that that was doing this because he was politically to show that through Trump and his administration, it was the rise of anti-Semitism, yet it was done by one person. Mm-hmm. So, so we must always know that there's a media involvement because they have an agenda to be, to be. Number two is we have to protect ourselves. No question. We can't just go down as sheep as it was last time. That's right. So whatever that takes, we have in our center, we have armed guards because we just cannot take a chance. Of course. Number two, when you are a proud Jew, and you're not afraid, the people that try to intimidate you, and this is regardless if you're Jews or any other minority, when you stand up proud, they melt away like snow in the oven. So what is st- define stand up proud? Stand up how I see it. I could tell you an incident. I personally walk as a proud Jew. I wear a yarmulke. I walk around. They know who I am. I cannot hide it. I walk in a very diverse community in the South Bay where many don't look like me, but they know who I am. I had one incident here a few years ago where there was an anti-Semitic event that took place specifically to me in the street. So I could have just walked away, but I decided to confront it. And I went over to that individual. I didn't want to fight with him, and I wasn't going to fight with him, but I went to discuss it with him. 
And I want to tell you how fast, not only the person that did it, the other people who were around him jumped on him because they saw that I was proud. I wasn't going to back down. And I stood up. So not every incident, you have to be careful. You have to be smart about it. But I could tell you is when you walk around with your head up, I don't mean to be, to be egotistic, but not afraid. They want to intimidate us. So those individuals, whether it's the white supremacist or certain people, I am not afraid. I am not, and I will never be afraid. So I walk very proud with my children, with their yarmulkes, and we walk around. Never did I hesitate, and I was never afraid. That, I want to tell you itself, is when they know that we're proud, that we know how to answer, and we're not afraid of, they melt away mm-hmm. because their basis is false. When your base is false, when they come with these accusations or whatever it may be, if you want to have a dialogue, they, they melt away. And when you show them love, I want to tell you that I think I that's to- I think that's the answer. I think the answer is showing compassion and love to those that would choose to view us in the opposite light. You know, the Rebbe once said there was a senator that was, with, without going through details, was a senator years ago who was the leader of foreign affairs, who was no friend of Israel's. And he was cutting off all aid. Specifically, he wanted to stop aid to Israel. The question was if they should invite him once to a Chabad Jewish dinner as a guest speaker. And a lot of people were quite upset that they would invite such a senator. And this goes back into the early 80s, late 70s. And uh, the Rebbe said just the opposite. Embrace him. Embrace him. Mm-hmm. Show him. Educate and inspire him. And he actually became one of the closest friends and supporters of Israel. And I found this very often. I have a neighbor on my block that we had many discussions, a very smart African-American. He doesn't live there anymore, but he lived there years ago. And we had a discussion. He was a, actually, he worked for, he was a professor in university. And he had some, some questions, things that bothered him, the way certain things were going about racism and the Jewish people. And we spoke about it. And I want to tell you, we became close friends. And one statement he said to me at the end, he said, thank you for taking the time and not writing me off. Right. And talking to me and not right away labeling me. I wanted to know. And now I understand. And now I have a whole different perspective. You know, it's so it's so interesting that you said that because uh, just last night I was watching a uh, documentary about um, an author. Maybe you've heard of her name, Brene Brown. Yes, I heard of her. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal. And she talks her kind of uh, key through line is shame and vulnerability. And she studies it. It's not just something she talks about. She's a researcher. And she basically says we can't really experience joy unless we're willing to be vulnerable. And so I think when you talk about this dynamic that you had with this neighbor of yours who you guys had maybe some different views, and you you couldn't have helped him have understanding and he couldn't help you have understanding unless you were both willing to be vulnerable. I share with you is that's the way this it's it's just understand that most of the time it's a lack of knowledge and that there's a lot of people unfortunately that have preconditioned in a certain approach but what yet when they embrace you they go wow you're a Jew you're a rabbi you know I have just the opposite people say wow you're an African American that's amazing you're so bright you're so you know approachable I heard these things the point is And I want to tell you that when we come together, just understand we're all created under one God in one world. We may look different, but, you know, diversity just enhances each other. Yeah. And and listen, we're definitely unique. Everyone has their unique approach. And that's okay. 
That's that's what makes the world beautiful. I may like a cinnamon donut and you may like a chocolate. That doesn't make us enemies. We could sit at the table and watch each other enjoy their, their goodies. Or we could and, split and, we could split them and share them. <laughs> there you go. I'm ready for one. Because I like I like I like both. So there you go. There you go. But I'm just you know, I, I tell this to my kids always. My kid once asked me, Daddy, why did God create people that are not look like us? Which is a good question. Think about it. Sure. So what, what's my answer? I could tell him, as a racist would say, their equality, they're not like us, they're different. My answer was, God knew what he was doing well. And we're all different? Sure. But each one of us have a unique ability that the other one doesn't have. Yes. And together, as the famous statement goes in the Talmud, one person could lift a certain amount of weight, but two people could lift more than double each one could do independently. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So just imagine the heavy lifting of what we could accomplish. You know, when you're joy and you're happy, you accomplish things so much more and so much quicker. So when it comes to BLM and, and anti-Semitism, I tell the world the choices you make is the last thing you could do is to close your window. Don't go into your bubble and just complain, ah, oh, terrible, the world right. is this. Do something about it. The Baal Shem Tov, the holy Baal Shem Tov, who is the founder of Hasidism said, many people say, where's the prophecies today? Where, where is all spirituality? Anything you hear or see is for th- something that you could do about it. Yeah. The choice is you. If you see something, you know, when you land in New York, there's a famous statement in JFK they, about security. If you see something, say something. Right. I say it's even more. If you see something, you can do something. That's right. I love that. That's a, that's a powerful way to end. And I'll, I'll share one thing before we wrap up. And I really appreciate kind of ending on that note of, choosing to take action. But what you were talking about with your child asking you a question about why people are different, it reminds me of when I was getting bar mitzvah myself and my rabbi, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, you know, uh, he gave me a lot of freedom to ask a lot of questions. And I was a pretty, um, I don't know if I'd say defiant, but I, you know, I was questioning whether I thought God even existed and, you know, why Judaism and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I was expecting maybe the possibility that my rabbi would say, hey, why are you questioning this stuff? But instead, he said, you know, the fact that you're asking all these questions, you know, that is being a good Jew. That is Judaism right there. The fact that you have all these questions and never stop asking questions. So uh, that always stuck with me. I've never stopped asking questions. I'd like to just mention to you, just uh, first of all, thank you so much for bringing me on Clear Choice anytime. I would always, I'd love to get the link of it as well. But I'd like to share with you that, you know, when you say people to have choices and people need, and myself, I know, bottom line is you could talk it, but how, show me actuality. What could you do? Take action. And I want to just finish off with this statement. You know, I told my children, I have, my youngest are triplets. They're nine years old. And I was walking with them on Saturday on Shabbat. I walked to synagogue. I live a little, little under a mile and we walked together. And I told my children the ability that they have to bring joy to somebody else, different than an adult. As time goes, we have different abilities. And I said, if I smile at someone in the morning and say good morning, they'll say good morning back to me. But if you smile and say good morning to them, they will bring a smile to their face. Right. And they said, Daddy, that's not the case. I said, let's try it. And we were walking. And the next block, there was somebody walking with their dog, an elderly lady. And I told my son, Moshe, smile and say big good morning. He said, okay, the challenge is on. My other kids were walking too. And he said, good morning. The most beautiful smile came on this lady's face. She said, thank you so much. 
And then it went again and again. They, and then they, they turned to me and they said, wow, look what we can do. Right. And this is now, if I did it, I couldn't accomplish that. No one's smiling back at me when an adult, a rabbi smiles at them. They might think I must have gone to an institution. <laughs> but each, each one, each one of us have according to our ability. And I want to tell you, you know, there was a, a commercial on the Super Bowl. Just say hello to somebody else. Right. I saw you that. saw that. Yeah. Very powerful. And I tell you, when you walk in the street, let's stop being so isolated to ourselves. If this pandemic taught us one thing, we don't appreciate isolation. Let's celebrate now. Let's break the barriers of isolation. Mm -hmm. Let's go out. And when we see somebody in the street, just don't say good morning. Just don't say hello. How are you? How you doing? Just energy. And I want to tell you, I, I get attracted to people that are joyous, that are upbeat. Of course. And that's what we got to do. So go out there, everybody. Let's make this world a better place. Bring light to the world. And remember one thing, a little light, which is joy and, and universal acceptance, takes away so much darkness. And this world is so dark today. I love that, Rabbi. Now tell me, uh, where can people find you so they can get more of that joy and light? How do they find out about some of the programs you're doing? What website should they go to? You could always look on two things. The Jewish Community Center, we have a website, JCCMB. That's Jewish Community Center, Manhattan Beach, jccmb.com. Okay. Uh, we also have our email for the Friendship Foundation called friendshipfoundation.com, friendshipfoundation.com. And I want to just tell you that we're right now in the process of building a tremendous center for friendship of job training, college training for these kids and all kids that don't fit in or just need an extra ability. We're on a $37 million project right now. And right here, we have three and a half acres. And it's amazing what's good. It's going to be a light for the world, really, to, to scale it and make a big difference, a splash. And I'm amazed how many people are so excited to get involved and really watch their, their you know, I always say, we all have good hearts. Let me be your hand. Yes. Together, we can make a difference in this world. I love it. Well, I will uh, share that message with the listeners. And I so appreciate you being here today. God bless you all. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me in Claire Choice. Please send me the links. I'd love to hear this one and all the previous ones in the future. You will. And uh, anything, I'm here. Thank you, my friend. You, you are indeed. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been inspired and motivated by what you heard today, please subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Post it on social media, invite friends, and let me know if you have any potential guests. While you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to connect with you as well, so check out our Facebook page by searching Clear Choices. I'm available for speaking engagements, and you can find more information by visiting our website at clearchoices.live. And all this can be found in our show notes. Join us next week for more inspiring stories that can help us all make clear choices. Thanks for listening.